0: Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars: The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gek with the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars comics in canon. The Force is strong with this one. <laughs> Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so for episode 14, I decided to tackle the Princess Leia miniseries. Now, this series has five issues, and I've actually got it in the collection within Heroes for a New Hope. So, just to clarify issue number one of Princess Leia was released in March 2015, and the fifth and final issue was released in July 2015. The trade paperback collecting those five was released in November 2015, but the edition I've got here, the Heroes for a New Hope, was released in November 2016. Now, just to clarify, Heroes for a New Hope, I'd really recommend people pick it up because it's got three different miniseries within it. It's got the Princess Leia series, it's got the Lando series, and it's got the Chewbacca series. So, all of them are I believe five comics long and I'll be going into the Lando and the Chewbacca comics at a later episode probably soonish in the next a uh, couple months or so but yeah I want to tackle the Princess Leia one today. So just quickly the writer for the miniseries is Mark Wade, the penciler is Terry Dodson, the inker is Rachel Dodson and the colourist is Geordie Belair. So the comic is set in 0 ABY, which is after the Battle of Yavin, which is when the Death Star blew up. Now, this comic actually starts literally in the medallion ceremony you see right at the very end of A New Hope. So it's almost like an extended version of that scene, along with a lot of other cool things too. Now, one thing I do really commend in this is actually the look of Princess Leia. Now, the art style in itself is not my favourite of the Star Wars comics that I've read. It's not bad, but it's not my favourite. It's a bit more cartoony, and I'm much more into the sort of the detail and things. Obviously, I understand takes a lot longer to do. But what I do like is that the Princess Leia as a character in this looks really really cool now I saw online that the artist themselves said that he didn't want to make sort of a photo perfect version just looking exactly the same as Carrie Fisher and you can see that it still resembles her in many ways but it does have her own look to it but it doesn't take away at all I feel like it actually adds quite a lot to the layer shown in this comic so I just thought I'd throw that out there that the art style itself I don't love it love it but the layer representation, the show of her, is really, really cool. So, anyway, getting into the narrative. So, as I said a little bit earlier, the first comic starts right at the award ceremony you see in A New Hope. Bit of an extended scene there, um, a couple of pilots that kind of mumble to themselves, basically saying that Leah seems like an ice princess because she doesn't seem to be mourning for Alderaan. Obviously, in the New Hope, you watch Alderaan explode, uh, named the great disaster by certain characters within universe and things, because obviously it's a planet blowing up. is quite a big deal. And Leia, she wasn't crying at the ceremony. She didn't seem very emotional on things. And a lot of people actually noticed that, which I found quite interesting, because I didn't even think about that when I've watched the New Hope, however many times I've watched that film. I didn't even think about it, because obviously you're kind of like, yeah, the rebels, yeah, we blew up the Death Star, everything's happy, and it seems a bit smiley. But... With this extended scene a little bit, it does show that people expect her to grieve, like her entire planet went, and her friends and family and all that sort of stuff. So that's where this kind of starts, and the kind of theme of this comic is all about Alderaan. So the medal ceremony sort of ends, and Leah goes off by herself in a sense, and speaks to a guy called General Dodana. Uh, General Dodana, you see him in The New Hope, but he unfortunately isn't in the remaining films because in one of the comics you can guess something bad happens to him which i'll be covering at some point further down the line but he's not really in this comic anymore so i'm not going to do a big character profile on general dodana but he speaks to leah and basically says look you need to grieve you need some time away because she's saying look Everyone in the Rebellion is doing something, you know, the Empire have discovered our base on Yavin 4, we need to find a new place to go, and if anyone tuned into the episodes I've done about the main run of Star Wars comics, uh, the one I did a couple of weeks ago, which was Skywalker Strikes, it shows that for a lot of the Star Wars comics between episode 4 and 5, which is the first main run, The Rebels are just trying to find a new base. It wasn't as simple as just go to Yavin and then go to Hoth because it was three years in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So the Rebels are then, that's the moment where they're like, okay, we need to find a new base and things. And Leia says to General Dodana, find me a job, keep me busy, I want something to do. And he's like, look, you've just had your whole planet blown up. You're not really in a state to do that. And even if you seem okay, the best thing you can do is just grieve. Like Have some time to yourself and grieve. He also notes that there's actually a bounty on Leia's head, which appears to be for 10 million credits, which is an insane amount of money. So he's like, you know, you need to keep low, you need to not go out, you're going to get caught and things, you just need to stay here and chill, essentially. As Leia is just making her way back, I assume to her quarters, she overhears two rebel pilots speaking to each other. One of them is identified as Ivan. She is a blonde-headed female, and the other one I don't think even is named or anything so uh leia walks past and overhears them basically saying talking about leia being the ice princess again uh to quote ivan it says if she can't mourn for her subjects she could at least shed a tear for bale her own father and so it's that sort of mentality that she's got leia turns and overhears and chimes in and then immediately says to the gentleman who's with ivan soldier he needed elsewhere he says where she says i don't care and he very quickly scurries off. Ivan bows and says to your royal majesty, and they basically have a discussion. Leia asks Ivan what the problem is and basically says, You know, why do you keep it silence? Trying to sort of push her for a reaction, and Ivan snaps and says, Because it's all we have now, you frost blooded, and then catches herself saying it. Leia tells her to go on, and basically what it says is that Leia's adopted mother, Breha Organa, which is Bail Organa's wife, obviously you saw her very briefly at the end of Revenge of the Sith, but Bail Organa is in the Clone Wars series, Revenge of the Sith, and also in Rogue One, whereas I don't think Breha is seen at all except in Revenge of the Sith to my knowledge. But regardless, Yvonne was basically mentored by Leia's mum directly. Breha Organa, she mentored quite a few young people, and Ivan was one of them. And then Ivan is basically saying that she doesn't feel like Leia is actually respecting Alderaan and grieving or doing anything proper because she doesn't really seem phased by it. And it transpires that the Imperials are actually trying to hunt down the remaining Alderaanians, and so Leia decides that she needs to do something about this. And she decides that she wants Ivan to help her because Ivan says that she pledges her loyalty to her, even though she may not necessarily like Leia, she respects the throne, so she'll do what Leia wants. Leia basically manages to trick General Dodana using holograms and things, basically in the middle of the night, and she sneaks out with R2 and Ivan. As soon as Dodana finds out, he basically gets Luke and Wedge Antilles to make haste and basically chase after them, and Ivan manages to trick them, making it look like they're hyperdrive's broken and things, and then just darting off. And the first place they go to is Naboo. And obviously anyone who's seen the prequels knows what Naboo is, it's the homeworld of not only Palpatine and everyone's favourite character Jar Jar, but also more importantly, Padme. The second comic starts with a flashback of Leia's, and it's actually her training with a staff with a fellow Orderanian. and then Bale comes up and says look you don't need to worry about this sort of stuff you need to worry about languages and love and peace and all the things that makes Alderaan great we're not warriors we don't do that sort of thing we just we have great art we have great philosophy you know we have these sorts of things and that's what's important when you become queen one day you need to learn the languages you need to be a diplomat you need to be able to talk fighting with the staff isn't very helpful when that's not what we want to do now when Leia was a kid she looks about Ten or so, I sort of guess. And at the time of A New Hope, I believe she's nineteen. So it was about ten years prior to that, and around ten years after *Avenger the Sith*. And one part of the conversation I'd like to read to you is: Bail says to Leia, "Soldiers are a thing of Alderaan's past, Leia. As the heiress to the throne, you're its future." And Leia says, "Other people get to do what they love. Doesn't a princess get to think of herself?" And Bail says, "Sometimes, of others, always." Which is a very great statement, I really like that. I think I may have said in another thing, I really like Bail Organa, he's a cracking character. So, can't get enough of him. And one thing he says at the end of the flashback, that you need to keep Alderaan alive. He says that to Leia. So, and Leia kind of says to herself, I'm sorry for failing you, because she's sort of thinking about it while on the ship on the way to Naboo. And so what these comics basically do is it's Leia trying to find little pockets of old Iranians who are either hiding in other planets or just live on other planets or peacefully and things. And the Empire hasn't managed to get them yet. So Naboo is the first one. And one little thing that Leia says as she's sort of walking in is she sees a stained glass of a queen and the queen stained glass sort of turns to her and it's Padme and Leia kind of double looks back and blinks and then the stained glass obviously didn't move at all. And that's the first little interesting hint about Leia sort of knowing her past a little bit but obviously at that point she didn't know. And one of the episodes I did a little while ago about Shattered Empire which is the comic set moments after Return of the Jedi is that within that comic Leia does go back to Naboo then and when she does that she actually has a little bit of a kind of force vision almost in some ways Uh, I speak about it a bit more in Shattered Empire but it's just interesting that Leia when she first went to Naboo had that weird little kind of double take moment and then when she goes back there after knowing about her mother and things like that a bit more she has a bit more of a connection in air quotes On Naboo, there's a band playing, Uh, there's a few members and things, and there's sort of the band leader as well. You don't find out the band leader's name until a couple of comics down the line, but it's Ewa, it's just a lot easier to refer to her as Ewa here, and so Ewa is basically talking to someone else, and talking about sort of Alderaan and things, and that she hasn't told the rest of the band that Alderaan's gone, because obviously this is still only like maybe a day or so after it actually happened, maybe a couple days after, so you know, it's still very fresh. And just to clarify, there is quite a big Imperial presence on Naboo. Because it was Palpatine's homeworld, he liked to keep quite a iron fist there. He was very sensitive about that sort of thing. So these Alderaanians playing in a bar, hiding and things, he definitely wouldn't have known about that. And just for clarity, in case anyone's anyone was wondering, all Iranians are human. So that, just to clarify that, that they are standard humans, so it's obviously kind of hard to differentiate. And one thing that a lot of people don't know about the Empire is that the Empire was racist. It was very much against aliens, which is one of the reasons why in the Imperial Navy you very, very rarely see anyone who isn't a standard human. I don't think any stormtroopers are in the Academy and things like that. You have to be at the very least humanoid. But to my knowledge, the Empire was very racist, and they're very much saying that humans are the best race, that sort of thing, which obviously fits into sort of fascism and Nazism, which is a lot of the imagery used to sort of convey what the empire was about. So Leia and Ivan on Naboo, along with R2-D2, they basically speak to this gentleman called Lord Jun, who is an old friend of Leia's. They meet him and he says, oh, just wait here, I've just got to go make a call. And then he comes back and says, oh, I know someone who's got a nightclub and he'll be able to help you out with this Alderaanian thing. So Leia and Yvonne go up to this club. They try and kind of get their way in saying they're Imperials and things. And then something doesn't really seem right. The sort of bodyguard bouncer at the door seems like he's about to attack them. And Leia basically jumps up, headbutts him like full on. (laughs) He's a pretty tall guy. Uh, Headbutts him and then other people sort of come out. Some sort of firefight starts to kind of kick off and things. And as it's happening, the band leader, Ewer, kind of sees what's going on. And as someone is basically about to get behind Leia and essentially attack her, Ewer manages to shoot him and then immediately dives to the floor in front of Leia, bows and says that I don't deserve to live, please, you know, I've done a terrible thing. And it turns out that terrible thing is the fact that she hadn't told her other musician friends and things like that. So it turns out there's actually more than just the band. There's actually quite a few people in this room that she's telling, saying, like, I'm really sorry, I didn't tell any of you guys. You know, I'm just worried. And obviously there's an imperial occupation, and that sort of thing. But Leia takes the stage and things, says, look, we don't need to send blame or anything like that. We just need to be together. We need to keep the creativity strong. We need Alderaan to keep thriving. We need the art and all that sort of stuff to go. So I will help all of you guys, every orphan of Alderaan, I will help, but you need to come with me. And then before trying to get off the planet and things, Leia goes back to her old friend, Lord Jin and basically threatens him at gunpoint for something. And he's like, to be fair, I kind of deserved it. You know, it's worth me having a shot. But, you know, she says, look, I don't want to kill you. Just give me a ship and we'll be out of your hair. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. It's all a very nice civil conversation. And so, yeah, he gives her a luxury sort of yacht. And what that seems to look like is basically in Phantom Menace and also in Attack of the Clones but it's a lot more prevalent in Phantom Menace is the big reflective shiny ship so in Phantom Menace what they fly to Tatooine and that sort of stuff from Naboo it's just a fairly standard looking spaceship that's quite long-nosed but it looks like it's made out of a mirror it's very reflective that's what they fly out and as they do that they basically you know get on the ship and go and it turns out one of the Alderanian orphans who came with Ewer onto the ship is speaking with her sister and it turns out their sister is actually part of the Imperials and that's where that comic ends. Her resume said Lord Jin a couple of times then. I definitely meant Lord Jun about that one random little character that no one really cares about that Leah got the ship off of. Lord Jun, just to clarify. And so the next comic, essentially, the little sister, whose name is actually Tace, is speaking with her other sister, who is Tula. Tula is the one who's in the Imperial Navy, and Tace is the one who's on the ship. And basically, Tace is saying to Tula, oh, it's great here being of Leia, she's really helping us out, because... Tace isn't actually aware that Tula is in the Imperial Academy or anything like that she just thinks that her sister is somewhere else in the universe chatting with her but whenever she asks that question her sister's quite cagey about it but she says to her sister oh we are with Leia now and we're about to go to Sullust. it's really cool that sort of thing and then the sister's like oh that's great you know call me tomorrow let me know what you are and that sort of thing and then as soon as the screens go off the sister turns to the Imperials and tells them exactly where Leia is So the next planet the guys go to is Sullust. There's an Alderaan enclave in Sullust. And just for clarity, Sullust is a very hot planet. The air is still breathable, but it's got a lot of volcanic activity and that sort of things. Now the most famous Celestian would probably be Nine Numb, and he is most prevalent in Return of the Jedi. He is the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon when Lando takes on the Death Star 2. Um, he kind of has like giant mouse eyes, a weird little nosy thing and then kind of two skin flaps that go over the sides of his cheeks and things. I did mention there was a Jedi master who was a Celestian in the comic I did for the Fallen Order prequel comic with Sia and Eno Cordova that I did a week or so ago. So Celestian, nine nub, you may know him as the kind of, he makes a lot of weird noises and his bottom jaw looks very wet. So yeah, the guy sat next to Lando who looks like a mousey sort, well not really a mouse, but he looks weird, mouse monkey thing with a bottom jaw that's Looks very, very wet and speaks in Celestian or Celestese. So that's what you're kind of thinking about. So, as Ivan, R2, and Leia enter the Celestian for the Enclave, they're stopped by a small squad. They basically manage to quite easily overpower the squad and then hold them at gunpoint and say, Look, just take us to whoever, we're on your side, but we're going to hold the guns because you're clearly going to do something to us. So, they basically walk on and they meet the leader of the Enclave, and it's a woman called Jora Astane and what Leia says is, look, check the ship, we've got nothing to hide, you can do scans, here's R2, he's got a data clip, and he basically has all the information that's on the ship, you can find out all the personnel, everything about it, do a full scan, we've got nothing to hide, and then any of you that want to come with us can come. So they do, they check Leia's ship, and they say that a transmission was sent to and from some Imperials from that ship, so they immediately think that Leia's a betrayer or lying about who she is and things, and then they open fire. It's also worth noting that there was mention of an Imperial cruiser immediately entering the orbit right from then as well, which kind of backs up their own suspicions, thinking that Leia is a betrayer. So Leia and Ivan basically escape. They manage to jump down this sort of hatch after escaped being shot at by quite a lot. And as they go down there, some of the people who are shooting at them basically says, we're not going to go after them or anything like that. We wouldn't last an hour among the rock renders. And they kind of smugly say, and neither will they. As Leia and Ivan are sort of looking around for things, R2 kind of zooms off and Ivan is like, oh, I can't believe that little bucket of rust, he's abandoning us and things. And Leia's like, nope, don't worry, R2's gonna be fine. He's gonna sort us of out. I wouldn't worry, he's not gonna run away. As that's happening, the Imperials then enter the enclave and start shooting at some of the old Iranians and things there. And then R2 comes around the corner where Leia and Ivan are still hidden away, flying like a speeder. And behind the speeder is this big rock being, the rock render chasing from him from behind now just to clarify rock renders to my knowledge are not in any other canon content they are exclusively in this comic but they look like almost gigantic lizards that kind of go on their hind legs ish uh and then look like they are kind of made of rocks there's only like two panels of them so it's kind of hard to tell but yeah giant lizardy rock thing Ivan is like well what kind of plan is this he's being chased by these giant beast things and they're saying no no he's not being chased by them he's actually trying to herd them and then R2D2 basically does this big U-turny thing and the rock render goes through this wall and as he goes through the wall it smashes into where these area where a lot of these Imperials and the old Iranians are all sort of fighting and things. And Ivan's like, well, I don't think that was the best idea. Surely now you've just got made everything worse as these giant rock beings are now fighting everything. And what Leia says is actually that they're rock renders. They're not flesh eaters. And so what then they wouldn't kill anyone necessarily. However, one thing that they wouldn't be able to resist is the dense material made out of stormtrooper armor. So these rock renders basically go into this battle, completely really ignore all of the Aldiranians there and eat all of the stormtroopers, thus saving the day. And while this is all sort of going on and things, there's a stormtrooper who's about to get the jump on that Jorah woman, who's sort of the leader of the enclave, and Ivan sees that and shoots the stormtrooper, saving Jorah's life. It flashes back to the Empire for a moment with this ship in orbit, they, and one of the imps says to one of the officers, should we send down another wave, should we send down more people, because they seem to beat our squad, and the officer says, look, no, we'll wait, let's let the princess get off this planet, and then we'll follow her. Once all the battle and the fighting has kind of calmed down back in the enclave then Jorah makes a big fuss and says look everyone look at this woman look at Leia and kneel to the princess of Alderaan and Leia's like oh thank you I'd be honoured if you guys could all join us it'd be really cool and Jorah's saying look I'm really sorry you know you came here and helped us and things and all that you've done for Alderaan and all we've done is show you suspicion things so please show us who we are again because we've lost our way and Leia's like well it'd be good if you can keep a little bit of suspicion because it seems like we've got a spy to catch and that's referring to the imperial transmission coming to and from the ship which is obviously from that young girl who doesn't really realize what she's doing And the fourth comic opens up with Ivan giving Nya Nub a big hug. Now, Nya Nub doesn't appear to be in the other comics. He may have been in the previous one. There was a Celestian but didn't specifically confirm it was Nya Nub. But essentially, he managed to get all of the Alderaanians off the planet and dock with the Lord Jun, the pleasure yacht that they got a couple comics ago and basically nine nub has provided them with loads of weapons and things and leia says look thank you so much i can't thank you enough if this was any other circumstance i'd give you a medallion i'd give you a medal you know what you've done is is really helpful to us you've saved countless lives and given us loads of weapons and things so she instead actually gives him something called and i may pronounce this incorrectly the shalcedony waves from her late mother now what this is it's basically like a jeweled necklace and the jewels are kind of square and uh silvery sort of like a a matted kind of white silver and you can actually see it in New Hope when Leia is standing there giving out the medals to Luke and Han. She's wearing this sort of necklace and it never gets seen again. Well, this is why. She gives it to Nyan Nunb as a thank you gift. And this shows that Nyan Nunb was actually not in the Battle of Yavin. He wasn't in the Rebellion until days after the Death Star blew up. So that's when you see him more in the Rebellion and stuff. He is also seen in the sequel trilogy as well, which is quite cool. Shortly after this, Jora brings in Tace in restraints, saying, Look, your highness, I found the traitor, that sort of thing, you know, and starts kind of having a go, and Leia immediately goes, Look, remove her restraints right now and leave us. Leia then speaks to Tace and things and says, You don't really seem like a traitor, sort of, tell me who the calls are from, please let me know what's going on. And eventually Tace says, I was talking to my sister Tula, she doesn't know where Tula is and things but she's really interested in what's really going on and stuff so what's happened is Leia says look well those calls have been traced to an imperial base so it must be maybe your sister's a prisoner maybe you don't really know what the circumstances are but tonight you can speak to her like normal and I'll just be there I'll give you a couple of things to say and stuff just so everything seems normal but we can ascertain a little bit more information Leia speaks to Ewer, the band leader, as well as Jora, the person from the Enclave, and says to both of them, look, I need you guys to go and go down to Esperion, which is where Leia was intending to go, but she ends up, you know, staying so she can sort out this sort of taste Tula situation, and says, look, you need to go down to Esperion and things and find these Alderaanians who are stuck down there and things and offer them to come up with us. Now for clarity, Asperion is another place which is only seemingly in this comic in the canon. I can't really see any other mention of it there. So just a fun little new place. On Asperion, all the people are red-skinned humanoids. They don't really seem to be that different from normal humans. They just have bright red skin. So kind of like the Chiss who are basically very similar to normal humans. They're just blue. So that's kind of what they're like. And so Ewer and Jorah start speaking to them and things. And they get met with the Alderanian Asperion chief, Bayon Bayonel. As soon as they're introduced to her, Jora is immediately sort of crossed her arms and looking away and things like that. And when queried about it, Jora says, yeah, don't ask me to celebrate the dilution of our people. And was trying to be there like, look, she doesn't speak for all of us and things. And then Bion is like, well, how many does she speak for? Like there's clearly, if she feels this way, there's going to be other people that feel this way. So that's it. We've got nothing to discuss. I'm leaving. It then goes to Leia with Tace speaking to her sister Tula and basically the Imperials find out that she's reading from a script or something like that. They grab Tula, pull her away and then the Imperial officer says look I hope you know what you've done to your sister and then Leia chimes in and says look nope take me instead I'll exchange my life for hers. If you give me Tula unharmed and we can take her back you can have me and obviously they accept. Leia is speaking to Ivan about this and Ivan is protesting she's saying look we've already got like a billion martyrs we don't need you to go in there you're much more important than that and I need you I need you to help me guide me I need some assistance here as well and Leia says well let me guide you in this regard and then it changes back to Ewa and Jora. So Ewa and Jora are now speaking with a consul who's the person who introduced them to be on saying look we're really sorry about that Jora is not seeming very sympathetic or very apologetic in any way she's like you know fine if they need an apology just tell them we apologize and the guy's like oh, i'm not doing that that's ridiculous you know you clearly don't seem very phased by this and things and also leo couldn't even be bothered to come down and see us and you was like well, is that the problem here then is that did you need leo to come here and he's like well i couldn't say for sure and you was like no seriously we'll get leo to come here clear everything out and everything will be sorted Back to Leia, she agrees to meet the Imperials on the planet Scaradosh. So the Lord Jun, which is the pleasure yacht, which has got all the Alderaanians on it, that stays orbiting Esperion, while Leia and just a single pilot go off to this desert planet Scaradosh to meet the Imperials to exchange Leia for Tula. Scaradosh doesn't appear to appear in anything else of canon, and it's just a desert planet like Tatooine or Jakku, things like that. So not very exciting. The Lord Jun that is left orbiting Esperion suddenly sees hundreds of ships come out of hyperspace right in front of them and then the final comic starts with jor and ua on Esperion, basically leaving the place they were speaking to the console and things and they just see bayon on like a vehicle of some sort and so ua thinks oh this is our last chance she runs over to him and starts saying look what we can do we can get leia to come here and speak with you and everything's gonna be fine and he's like i can't imagine being interested in anything she has to say And as they walk away, Jorah says, well, that's quite enough rejection for one diplomatic mission, don't you think? And then back to Scaradosh. Just as the restraints are getting put onto Leia, Ivan's ship flies down and basically saves Leia. She's shooting with this big cannon thing. And one thing Leia does that's quite cool is as she's like kind of being held by one of the Imperial officers, she stamps on his foot so he kind of jolts back. She ducks down, and then one of the blaster bolts comes from Ivan and hits the officer there. There's only a couple of stormtroopers on this planet, so they all get kind of wiped out quite quickly. And then Leia basically runs to where Ivan is. As Leia gets on the ship, she thanks and Nun, but once again, she says that only you could have smuggled this rescue craft right under the imperial, Empire's noses, and he says something in Celestian that you can't understand, and Ivan translates and says, he says that R2 made all the difference, it's R2 who's great, and, but he says, but the problem is, it's now going to be even more difficult to smuggle you off the planet. So as they're coming off a planet, the Imperial Star Destroyer spots them, and then Nine Nub shoots off this decoy thing that gets picked up by the sensors. They then shoot the decoy, it blows up, and their ship manages to kind of sneak away. And as that happens, the Imperials are like, cool, we've got rid of Princess Leia, that's great. Now let's just hunt down those last remaining Alderaanians who I believe are basically outside Sperion, and we can have this all sorted. And then just as Leia and the ship is basically just about to escape and things, all the other ships come into view, and Leia's like, oh no, what are we going to do? We can't escape, we can't just sneak away because there's so many targets here. One of the old Iranians basically sends a message to Leia and says, look, many thousands of old Iranians actually survived. They got heard of your mission, and they've come to join you. It's great. And Leia says, okay, we'll get them to battle stations. As that happens, Leia's ship then connects with basically the rest of the fleet and Tace and Tula get reunited. But Tace has actually shaved all her head off and says that she doesn't want to be confused with you because I don't want people thinking that I'm some sort of traitor. And Tula's like, look, I'm really sorry. It can be like old times. And Tace is like, no, we can't do this at all. is ridiculous. We're going to all get murdered now. And it's all because of you you, Jorah, and Ivan are then all trying to discuss things with Leia, trying to work out what they can do, and Leia said, oh, well, you went down to Esperon, they've got some ships that can take down Star Destroyers, that'd be really, really handy right now, you know, call the cavalry, get our contact, we'll get us out of this pinch, and they're like, oh, we, we failed, and Leia's like, well, how? And Jorah says, well, I suppose that's down to me, they've been intermingling with the natives. the sight of our world's descendants with alien features, well, I wasn't prepared for, and then Leia just gives her the most dirty look. And Leia immediately says, Right, everyone get out, leave, except you, Ivan you stay. Ivan's like, Well, you caught yourself doing that, you know, you didn't call yourself a bigot that's doomed us all. And she's like, No, well, I delegated it to her, you know, just because I wanted to go on this little adventure and save Tula and Taste and things. And because of that, I have now let down Esperion, so it's my fault. Having a go at her won't really solve anything. Ivan then says look I found I've had a newfound respect for you you're from what everything you've done the fact that you'd be willing to sacrifice yourself just for Tula who's an old Iranian it shows that I was wrong about you to begin with and you are actually truly worthy and I not only respect you but I like you as a friend. Leila then gives this big speech and basically gets transmitted to all of these ships across the fleet that have appeared and R2 sneakily sends the transmission also to Asperion so that Bayon can also hear it. The speech is quite inspiring i'll read a bit of it here she says we will defend ourselves but we won't land one more blow than necessary we are not our enemy we are alderaan we answer rage with wisdom we answer fear with imagination we answer war with hope if one life with a single drop of Alderanian blood survives alderaan survives the skirmish starts to happen a little bit and the star destroyer starts destroying some of these alderaanian ships and things star destroyers being pretty hard to take down even for the best of times and then just when things are starting to you know look a bit bad this big red ship flies in and then leia's like oh god it's one of the esperion ships and it blows up the star destroyer then afterwards everyone's all celebrating and things leia goes up to baon and says look i really thank you so much you came here but what changed why did you come to the aid and he says the speech your highness you describe the exact society i've spent my life wishing for and she's like speech that wasn't broadcasted planet side, And then R2-D2 gives a cheeky little beep. And she's like, oh, you'd send it to him deliberately. My hero. Obviously R2 always being the hero of all the Star Wars films. Everyone loves R2. And then Ewa says to Bayon, aren't you worried? They're going to come with some sort of counterattack and things. And he said, well, they can if they want. But they're going to have to have something bigger than a Star Destroyer to be able to take us down. And so Yvonne says to Leia, well, where do we go from here? Leia and then Ivan are in private quarters having a discussion and things and Leia says look well now that we've got a lot more Iranian safe and things I need to go help sort out this rebellion I helped start the rebellion I can't abandon it I just needed to sort these things out and now need to go back to it unfortunately. Ivan says yeah but they need their princess and Leia says okay we'll find a new place to go and elect one make it a fair contest but you know I really endorse you actually just make sure that Jorah doesn't win. And then the comic ends with a nice little montage of Leia basically getting reunited with Han, Chewie, and Luke. And then the last sort of shots is seeing that Ewer, Jorah, Bayon from Asperion, and now Ivan are all on a ship heading into hyperspace with all the other fleet and things to basically make a new order on. And Ivan is wearing a gown very similar to what Leia wears. So it's hinting quite strongly that Ivan does become their princess. But to my knowledge, that hasn't explicitly been confirmed. And also to my knowledge none of the other characters really come into any other future stories except Ivan funnily enough. Ivan is actually in the second Aftermath book. Now the Aftermath books is a trilogy made by Chuck Wendig. It is absolutely amazing and it's set straight after Return of the Jedi and it's basically within I think it's about a year, year and a half from Return of the Jedi to the Battle of Jakku. Um, I won't go into too much depth about this here because I want to do a whole nother podcast about the Aftermath trilogy or maybe one of the books. It's gonna quite dense, like 500 pages, so it's quite a lot to cram into a shorter podcast. And basically, Yvonne is in it. Her name is Yvonne Verlaine. Um, she's in Aftermath Life Debt, which I said is the second one, and she basically is Leia's co-pilot for one of the plots where Leia needs to go and find Han, essentially. Now, I actually read this comic only in the last week or so, and the Aftermath trilogy I read about last year-ish, late last year, early this year. So I didn't actually know that connection. So it's just quite a cool thing of just reinforcing one of the many reasons I love Star Wars, which is the more content you absorb, generally get rewarded in little, small, cool ways. And that's why I've got this podcast, so you guys don't have to spend loads of money or loads of time reading every comic book and all these other things, because I try my best to try and connect the dots. I haven't read all the books, because there's a lot of them, and it takes a long time to do it, but I'm going to be making my way through them. But that's about it for the Princess Leia comics. So, I'm just going to talk about what I'm going to be doing in the future. So, if you're not interested in that, you can tune off. But just for clarity, next week I'm going to be starting on the Darth Vader comics. Now, the Darth Vader comics, as well as the Princess Leia comic, and also the main run of Star Wars comics, they all started around the same time, sort of early 2015. They were some of the first comics within the new Star Wars canon. And also, the Darth Vader comics introduced a character called Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra is an amazing character, and she's appeared in a few other bits of star wars content but not in the movies and she gets her own comic series as well so she gets introduced in the vader series so i'm going to go into that there are five vader comics that are sort of annuals there's like 25 or 30 comics i think something like that but I'm going to basically just focus on the annuals rather than individual comics or uh, it'll take me forever. So that's what I'm going to be doing next week. The week after that will be, I'm going to do the mini series about Mace Windu, which is quite interesting and things. It's, it's not the best comic series to be blunt, but it's a quite an interesting thing. And it's good to kind of go back and do a little bit of prequel stuff. And then the week after doing the Mace Windu one, I'll then go back to the main run of Star Wars comics. And that'll be the third story arc, which I believe is Rebel Jail. So basically, just to clarify, going forward, it's going to be the Vader comic, then something else, then the Star Wars comic, then something else, then the Vader comic, and kind of go like that, because I just want to kind of, you know, once the Star Wars comics get going, they start doing crossovers. I mean, there's a a series called Vader Down. It's actually part of the Vader run of comics and the main run of Star Wars comics, and it just gets very confusing trying to explain all the timelines where everything's all different. So, Thought I'd nip that in the bud just early on. But if there's any comics that you guys really want me to tackle or anything like that, I'm going to try and tackle and kind of bounce between prequels, sequels and original trilogy. I'm trying not to focus too much. But obviously in this Heroes for a New Hope collection, which the Princess Leia comic is within, There's also the Lando comic written by Charles Saul, who is probably my favorite Star Wars author, who did the second run of Vader comics and the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic I did a little while ago and is now doing the current run of main run of Star Wars comics. So quite prevalent he is. And there's also the Chewbacca comic in there as well. So I'll be tackling them further down the line as well. So that's what you can kind of look forward to. But as I say, if anyone's got any recommendations or anything you want to get me to tackle, anything like that, let me know and I can always try and pull one of the comics I hadn't planned forward. And also I'm going to be doing a and a episode at some point. It's either going to be episode 20 or episode 25. I haven't really figured it out yet and I've only got a few more weeks till it's episode 20 so I'm going to have to pull my finger out and figure out when I'm going to do that soon. Might lean on episode 25, but we'll see. If you guys want me to do a and a one a lot earlier, hit Hit me up, let me know, and I'll get that sorted. And I'll also open up Twitter and things like that for any questions you guys want answered. But also you can email me at Star Wars and Canon at Outlook.com so yeah that's just about it from me guys you can check out my other show which is Genuine Chit Chat it's basically me with a different guest each week relatively speaking I've had Dave and Chris from Comics Emotion on I've had Max from Mandatory Marvel and DC I've had Tony from Indie Comics Spotlight and I've not had people solely relating to the Comics Emotion podcast where you're listening to this I have had loads of people on there's an older episode i did with someone from the church of satan which is a really cool episode i've had blind filmmakers on i've had musicians on i've had bloggers podcasters authors travelers life coaches business owners almost anyone you can kind of think of i've had someone in that realm on the podcast and loads of other podcasters as well so if you're looking to kind of widen the catalog of great podcasts you want to listen to I've had loads of people on who are fantastic. So, you know, you can check out Genuine Chit Chat on all the usual social media places. Wherever you're listening to this, just type in Genuine Chit Chat and it will come up. Not hard to find. And my voice is, (laughs) well, you'll recognize the voice, let's put it that way. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, find me on all the usual places social media-wise at Genuine Chit Chat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as I said, email me at Outlook.com and I'll answer any questions in emails or I'll pop them in the Q&A show as well. So thanks as always for tuning in, guys, and may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything elseer of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.